Eddie Pinero is an international speaker, video producer, and the founder of Your World Within. What do you feel has been the biggest decision in terms of creating that success with your business, with your model? Not stopping through the downtimes, because there were a lot of times where it felt really stupid to keep going. It was just like really talking myself into continuing forward, like stating the fact that this is a non-negotiable. This is your path. You're going to make it work. And I think that's a big thing when you don't ask if you ask how, right? It changes the entire dynamic. His goal is to inspire others to live their best lives. From the motivational videos he creates on YouTube to his podcast episodes to the stages he speaks on all over the world. And so he got diagnosed with brain cancer when I was in high school, but he would always say, you're stronger than you think you are, stronger than you think you are. Took me out to breakfast one morning and was like, this is gonna be tough. It might feel like more than you can handle or overwhelming, but you need to remember that there's nothing coming your way that you can't manage or you can't handle. So just take it day by day and understand that you're the type of person that figures it out. With over 200 million total streams, his use of powerful spoken word and beautiful imagery is a reminder to many that they are always one decision away from a totally different life. Before we begin today's episode, I would really appreciate a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. This helps to get the message out there to men and therefore encourage and inspire them to level up their life. So without further ado, this is the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan. Thank you for tuning in. So Eddie, your world within, I find it incredibly inspiring. And I'm very curious to know what your inspiration was behind beginning your world within. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you, brother. And thanks for for having me. I'm so pumped to be here. Um, Privilege, my man. It's, uh, you know, it, it's funny because it's been, it's it's not something that was originally methodical. Like 20 years ago, I wasn't like, you know, I want to build an online brand. I want to, you know, uh, be a speaker. I want to do these things. It truly was. And it's why I preach about it so much. I find so much value in it. Um, <laughs> sort of following the things that I like to do and, and, and continuing to mold that, uh, Greg McCune has a, a beautiful book called essentialism where he talks about, you know, more important than acquiring things is often like pushing away the stuff that you don't want to do. So it was a big, for me, process of learning. This is not what I want. This is not me and continuing forward. So, um, basically without giving you my life story, you know, I, um, went from college to the corporate world and, uh, you know, there were some good things about it, but ultimately definitely wasn't me. And I, and I knew that, um, and then, sort of moved into music production, um, taking an acoustic guitar around Boston, playing some shows, getting the camera out, making music videos or other types of videos, uh, creative writing, uh, just all kinds of stuff like that. And, and um, one day I realized like, you know, the, the, the thing about um, uh, taking a jump like that is, is you have a pressure that you didn't have, uh, obviously before financially. Right. And so it was like, there's this temptation to just sort of go back to what I knew that track was there. It would always be there. Um, and I wrote uh, a speech that 
uh, called Ode to Excellence, kind of promising myself to put your back against the wall and, and you know, give the thing a go. Like, just let life happen. Trust yourself um, for once, you know, like truly dive in. And uh, I'm making this video and, and it was emotional making it. It was a blast. I like was in this creative space where I could combine my music. I could combine writing. I could combine speaking and video and it just felt like this little masterpiece that meant so much to me. And I'm like, there's something, I don't know what it is, right? It's like, what do you call this? I, I don't really know, but I, I want whatever that is. Um, and it took about six months of making videos like that to realize like, there's a business model here, right? There's like that intersection of value and what you love and like, let's go. This is going to be your thing. And that's that's how I arrived there. Wow. What were some of those things that you had to push away? I know the corporate job was one of them. Mm. Was, were, were there people close to you or the things that you were somewhat attached to that you had to let go in order to move forward as well? Oh, that's definitely a piece of it. Definitely. I mean, you learn, you learn a lot as you're going through the process about, I remember being like really disappointed with, um, some of the folks in my life that, um, it, it's such a vulnerable thing when you're, you're speaking or writing or creating anything, right. Or even, you know, starting a business, anything new, when you're putting it out to the world, um, the lack of, res- uh, of support from people that I thought for sure would be there. And that's like, you know, looking back, it's critical because you learn to, you know, one, the, the small circle around you is everything, but you learn to toughen up. Um, but yeah, it was like, uh, you know, realizing that a lot of that stuff you do have to cut away. Um, it was throughout the process, like like I said, I used to compose the background music for these speeches. I mean, that takes three days. And it's like, listen, if you want to scale this and you want to get the message out as much as it pains you, you got to leave that behind. You, you do. I mean, you have a choice to make. And um, so that was certainly one thing, um, you know, and, and just sort of paving, paving the way, like uh, whether it's, content creation or editing stuff very specific to the work that I do or realizing like, you know, the, the, the corporate world, um, you know, which aspects of it I like and I want to take with me and which aspects of it are like too stiff and stuffy and, and, and weren't mm-hmm. for me. Right. Um, so all those pieces you kind of kind of learn as you go. And that's one of the things I love, you know, writing about this stuff. It forces you to keep your eyes open. It forces you to look around and ask why. Why do I like doing this? Why was this valuable? Why did I get my ass kicked here? What can I learn? Like all these things um, are incredibly valuable. And, uh, you know, as as you see, when you post online, it's like we share so many commonalities, athletes, teachers, students, entrepreneurs, like the context is different, but the same emotional trials and tribulations we share. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's, that's why it's so valuable to talk about them. This is an incredibly successful thing you've built at this point, but within that journey, I'm sure you've had a lot of pitfalls that you've had to navigate or get out of Mm. and a lot of failures. I'm curious to know what your biggest failure was and what was it you learned from that failure that potentially accelerated your growth from that point? Yeah. So it's funny. I don't think there was one giant L that like, reshaped everything but it was it's almost like the continuous depersonalizing of failure and criticism and like understanding that that's you have to embrace that you can't take that personally like there are times um you know so for example i um went to uh, the desert 
with a couple of my friends, um, you know, videographers, very talented folks. And we planned out this big trip and wanted to make this beautiful masterpiece and uh, spent, you know, almost a month on it, writing, recording, editing, getting this thing together, being excited, thinking it's, you know, going to change the world. And the reality is it was a swing and a miss. And that's, you know, that's what art is. It's very subjective. And sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't. And uh, it was like, ooh, you know, like that's that's tough on you as a, as a creator or someone who wants to share something. And then the next week, you know, spent 20 minutes unloading a thought in my head, putting it out on the internet. And it does, you know, 30, 40 times better. And it's like, okay, well, there's a reason this connected with uh, people and the other one didn't. Why is that explore? So like it, it, in long story short, it's um, it's not about you. And it's understanding that it's understanding that it's not personal. It's not about you. It's you're providing value. You're providing service to the world. And when things don't go the way you wanted them to, there's always a reason for it. So uh, look, you know, mm-hmm. same thing with like, this is um, a few years back, but I mentioned I left the corporate world and I started doing my music thing. Um, you know, I made an album and, you know, I sat there for three months and I wrote it, produced it, regardless of stuff and uh, dropped it off every radio station in Boston. I dropped it off, you know, every club, every bar. I'm like, you know, I want to play. This is my album. So proud of it. Thinking again, I spent time, time equals some type of value, right? No. I mean, I, I didn't get a call back from my, aunt. my grandmother bought it, but God bless her heart. You know, she's so sweet, but like no one, and I listen to it now. I'm like, of course it sucked. Right. So the, the hardest things um, on us are, are, are usually where the value is, if you can peel back the emotion. So. so when you talk about having to push things away or let things go, your ego and pride were certainly two, two things you had to let go of. Or is it, a, is, a, is it a matter of better managing your ego and pride? How do you see that? Yeah, I think it's positioning yourself as a vehicle to bring value to people. Uh, that's a big thing because it's uh, as you're building, it, it's very easy to only see through your lens. Me, 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 me. And it's like, no, you are taking ideas and you're delivering them to the world. Um, that's what it means to be a speaker or creator or art or whatever. And so, I mean, there's definitely lessening the ego 100%. And realizing that you are a tool for others. And so it's like really flipping that perspective, you mm-hmm. know, seeing through their point of view. Um, and and that's, you know, I, I think, uh, I just think it's one of the most important things we do, especially, um, you know, in this digital age where everyone has that, there's no middlemen anymore, right? So, um, you know, authenticity is important. Understanding what your your viewers want is important. Um, if you make it about you, you're going to lose. I've also noticed that in not all of your all of your content, but in a lot of it, there seems to be the avoidance of playing the victim in life. Mm. And I'm curious. <clears throat> I'm curious to know when was a time that you played the victim in your life and. How did that affect you? And how did you flip being the victim to becoming the victor? Yeah, it's a beautiful question. I I, I think it's our default. You know, I, I I think every and I won't speak for everybody else, but I can certainly speak for myself. Like when bad things happen or unfortunate things happen, my default is not to find the value. My default is to be the victim. And it's why it's so easy for me to talk about it, right? So like 
uh, a relationship falls apart, or like I mentioned, a project doesn't go through, or uh, there's a swing and a miss. It's like, woe is me, right? Always have to pause and take a step back and, and ask, okay, well, what can I gain from this? You know, the, um, and I, and I think it's at the individual level, the societal level, it's like, we're watching, and this is why I think it's so important to talk about, like we're watching uh, victimhood almost utilized as a currency where you have people screaming on these digital platforms competing for the most victimized. And it's like, I, I understand, I get how that can be validating in the moment. And it's nice for people to pat you on the back and say, you know, you poor thing, or, you know, they're so evil over there. They're so bad over there. But what you're doing is you're, you're cutting your legs out from under you. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, I always love to, to reference that Will Smith, uh, message where he says, you know, we don't all start in the same place, but it's our responsibility to do something from where we are to take accountability. Um, it's just a message sort of lost in translation, but that's where the power is like the power, whether, whether something bad happens to you or you look around and you feel like something's unfair or life is giving you a bad hand. The power is always saying, okay, breathe. Where's the value? What can I turn this into? You know, if you keep that in your back pocket, your life will be drastically different. Can you give us an experience from your own personal life where you were playing the victim and how it affected your life? Yeah, I think um, there's plenty. Like five years ago, um, moving down here from Boston, I'm in Florida now. There was a very, very transformative time in my life. Um, ended a very long relationship with, uh, you know, someone that, an, an amazing person. Um, and, uh, it just felt like a lot of pillars in my life were, um, were collapsing. Right. And so there was a tendency to feel very sorry for myself, especially when I was down here, didn't know anybody. Um, you know, a lot of these things were happening and it's like, this is your opportunity. It's just very hard to see it that way. You know, a lot of long runs, a lot of time by myself thinking, and analyzing and, and pinpointing different areas of my life where it's like, you know, where is the value? Um, it, I, I wrote Running in the Rain about that exact idea where it's like uh, the the things that kind of suck, that are kind of uncomfortable, that, you know, it's very easy to avoid when you step into them and, and you start to see yourself as the the person that that embraces that discomfort and finds the value. Like you lay your head on the pillow at night, you feel like someone that conquers, you feel like a winner. That changes your life. That's not a small thing, you know? Uh, and and that's sort of where that mindset uh, began for me. I started to see the value in it. So yeah, that was the time. It's just uh, mentally it was tough and it took me a long time to pull myself out of uh, out of the, uh, the valley, shall you say. But like uh, I ended up finding incredible things. I ended up changing a lot about myself and my business, ended up meeting some remarkable people, ended up restructuring what I do and how I do it. So, so much good came from it. Mm -hmm. What were some of the strategies you used to get out of that pit that you could maybe offer someone else right now who's stuck in that rut? I speak to a lot of men, for example, who are off the back of a, a difficult breakup or divorce or separation. You know, you've, mm. you've spoken about your own experience there. I know that one thing you mentioned is finding the value there, but is it that simple or what is the process 
from your perspective. So we have a tendency to make things complex that like things feel complex when they're, you know, you're convoluted, you're in a bad spot. So for me, it was simplification. And it's why I have a whiteboard uh, on the other side of this room. It's why like just writing those things out. So for me, it was, what are your three goals, right? What do you want to do? And and how are you going to get there? It's it's two videos a week, right? It Stop looking at it like you need to have uh, you know, this entire business blown out and all that. There's just too much pressure on yourself. Two videos a week. You can do that, right? One run a day, one email a day. Um, you know, I, what did I do? I wanted to like start connecting with folks. So I did things like locally around here. Like I joined in Miami, there was, a. Uh, a, a, a bi-monthly or monthly meetup that I did. So like you make it very uh, achievable and very tangible related to where you want to go as opposed to what it feels like, which is just a big ball of chaos and inadequacy. It's like, no, define your star, your North Star and, and really do simple, manageable things. And that goes right back to what I mentioned about um, when you set goals for yourself that are achievable, that compound over time, you've feel like someone who achieves what they set out to achieve. And that's transformative. You know, it's the idea that people follow through on who they believe themselves to to be, on who they believe they are. And so if you believe uh, you know, you're a failure, you're in a rut, if you believe that you take L after L, that's what you'll be, right? So it's almost like, you know, Ryan Holiday says confidence is earned. Putting yourself on a trajectory to start winning little by little by little. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I love the way you put that, right? Is it that easy? Well, it feels complex. Our job is to make it simple. Uh, and when you do that, uh, doors tend to open. I've, I've noticed a, a trend in your content as well, where you you use the analogy of running an awful lot. I know that running mm-hmm. is one of your passions. Have there been things in your life that maybe you ran away from that you now feel like you shouldn't have or that you're running away from it for a period of time but you came to the point where you realized you needed to stop and 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 face that it's a good question i think and i don't have like data to support this is pretty anecdotal but i i think you can relate a lot of things back to fear um you know, it's like, I'm a pretty private person and I, I I value that. Like, I don't do a ton of like sharing my life on stories and stuff. Like I want to have a successful business. I want to add value to people that need help. And like, that's the, the, the sort of thing. Right. And then, so it's like, but Eddie, maybe the next step is stepping out, right? Maybe the next step is, is transforming your, um, your, your vehicle communication a little bit. Right. And so, I have started doing that, like putting more talking head stuff on on uh, TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that, um, because in the you know at the micro level, like there are so many things that we do avoid, and this is why I constantly preach like self awareness. When you're looking in the mirror and asking why, well, why, why don't you want to be in front of the camera? You know, like put yourself in that spot. Um, there's a really cool concept where I forget where I saw it, but it was called like the fear ladder where have you heard of this don't think so no uh, maybe if you speak about it it might ring some bells but yeah it's it's pretty simple so there's you just picture a ladder going up with rungs um you know the bottom being the longest and then you know they get shorter as you go up the ladder and so the bottom rung is like something that eh, you, you know scares you a little bit 
but not the end of the world. You could see yourself doing it, right? And then the next one, a little bit scarier, a little bit scarier, a little bit scarier. And then the top one is something that's terrifying, whatever that is for you. And so the idea is, you know, you 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 start at the bottom and you reinforce the idea that embracing what you fear does not kill you, right? Because it is sort of a competency. It is a skill set. Um, and, and that's really what we need to understand. It's like jumping into a cold pool. We acclimate. Mm-hmm. I had kind of a light bulb moment the other day. I had uh, one of the biggest events I've ever done. I spoke at um, the MGM Grand Arena. And I remember like walking up those. St- it, it happened so quickly that I didn't realize that it was like a benchmark and something that I've always wanted to do, which is very interesting. Like it just felt like it was just there. I'm like, what? I, di- I didn't plan for. I don't know. There's crazy. But as I'm walking up the steps, my heart was beating a little bit. But I'm like. I'm more excited than scared to do this. Like I'm, my adrenaline's going, I know I'm going to crush it because I just feel so good about myself and competent. And like, you look over your shoulder and it's like, that wasn't the same way seven years ago. Right. So you realize just by continuing forward, how much you overcome. Um, and, and that's a, you know, a powerful thing. I know I sort of went all over the place on that. No, one, no, but- that's good, man. In terms of the success in which you've created here, and, and I and I keep calling it success because I, I, I do see it as a massive success and, and well done to you. But what do you feel has been the biggest decision in terms of creating that success with your business, with your with your model? Uh, not stopping through the downtimes because there were a lot of times where it felt really stupid to keep going. Um, particularly, I want to say like you know three four years in, where it's like, um. I was making enough via ad money to survive, but like there were times where it was close with rent or like, you know, I didn't have a client that month and it was just like, you know, really talking myself into, you know, continuing forward, like stating the fact that this is a non-negotiable, this is your path, you're going to make it work. And I think, you know, that's, that's a a big thing. Um, When you don't ask if, you ask how, right? It, it changes the entire dynamic. It's not whether this is the right path. It is because you're good at it and it's helping people. It's the right path. The question is, how are you going to make it work? What are you going to tweak? How are you going to continuously evolve? What are you going to do to make it happen? Um, and there were like, you know, a couple times where I came very close to just being like, this is, you know, this is more than I can give. Um, but I, you know, just continuing forward and and now seeing that compound, I mean, it happens. It truly does. You just have to take the beating. It, it's like some things are just that simple. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I can relate. And is there anything you would have done differently if you were to go back and start again? Yeah, well, th- this actually ties into exactly what we were talking about. Like, uh, you know, things masquerading as fear, uh, or they are fear. They're masquerading as other things, I should say. So, the idea of perfectionism. Um, you know, uh, as a new creator, uh, I was a lot more um, hesitant to push things out. This isn't right. This isn't perfect. You know, having twenty people look at a speech before I release it, um, and it's like. It's it's a numbers game to an extent, right? And so you grow into that. You learn to depersonalize it and and realize like throw it out, you know, see what happens, pick up the pieces, rebuild, create the cycle. Um, it just would have helped uh, move me faster, right? And that's what it's all about, especially like 
at the early stages of something. It's like reps are so important. You don't have time to be to be a perfectionist or be cautious about things. It's just fire, right? Mm-hmm. Ready, fire, aim. Uh, so that would be something that I would change. And then um, it took a few years for me to. Um, it doesn't happen a ton, but like you know, the 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 negative uh, comments that come into our feeds and stuff like that, like that would bother me. Um, you know, I, I write letters to my younger self a lot in these videos. You know, if that was uh, if I was writing to my younger self now, I would say like that stuff. If you're not if you're not scaling and if you're not um, adding value in a massive way, um, then yeah, you don't get comments. But if you are, you're bound to get some type of resistance. And I often, it's one of the questions I get asked the most too by other creators. It's like, how do you handle the negativity? It's hard. People with no skin in the game can say whatever they want uh, behind a screen. And and my uh, take is, you know, look at look at uh, Justin Bieber or like, you know, one of these creators. I it's like a fifth of all the comments under his videos are negative. And this is one of the biggest entertainers of our day. This guy sells out arenas around the world, football stadiums. So it's just you learn to accept it. It's the cost of admission. Um, little things like that. Yeah. I think you learn to accept it, but you also need to learn to expect it as well. Exactly. If, if you're if you're putting a video out there and it's receiving 200,000 views, are you going to expect that? those 200,000 people, each and every one of them is going to love your content or is going out there. Statistically impossible. Yeah, exactly. So to expect it, and I I get that, like I haven't got the same following as you do, but some of my content can be quite controversial. But when I receive the pushback, it's actually an indication that I'm going the right direction. You know, I'm I'm stirring something here and somebody and they find it quite uncomfortable or quite provoking. Mm. And their way of handling that, or their way of dismissing it, is to throw a negative comment back my way to try and shut me down or shut me up, which doesn't doesn't work. So <laughs> it's, it's all in vain. Good as as you know, it's it's more reflection on their own difficulties, but and that's where I feel empathy or even sympathy for them. So that's a good point too to feel. I mean, what's what's the saying? It's like no one who's doing better than you would comment something like that. Of right? course. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what I say to the guys. Like I, I work with a few trainers and coaches too. And I say, look, anybody that's sending you a negative comment, they're not happy. Like they're not yeah. in a positive uh, growth mindset. They're, they're not in a good place. So, you know, have, have a bit of sympathy or empathy for them and just detach, detach, just don't take it personal because it, it rarely is. You mentioned several people along the way as well. And, and one that, you did mention once, at least once anyway, was your grandfather. Mm. And can you tell me about some of the lessons that he helped you develop in your life and how you maybe still apply them today? Yeah, that uh, very, very important person in my life. And uh, it's interesting because it's like piecemealing so much of it, like looking back and like the things he would tell me on a daily basis. And it's like, wow. Like that's so powerful, you know. Um, but there, there are a handful. Um, you know, one of them. Uh, I actually just gave a, a speech in Utah not too long ago, talking about him as being one of the most important leaders in my life. And the reason being is he was uh, so selfless and always, you know, put 
his family above everything, even like during the craziest times. And it was just uh, really an eye-opening thing because he went through a personal hell and and we just would never have known, you know, um, based on how he acted. But one of the things he would say is, uh, I wrote about this, uh, he would say, you're stronger than you think you are, which, you know, it was, it was like anecdotal and it was okay. It was nice. Uh, but then you realize like that's, packed with value. And so he got diagnosed with brain cancer when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, he would, we would ask him like, you know, he's getting dressed, he's going to work, he's doing all these things. And we would ask him, we'd be like, are you all right? Do you need anything? And, uh, he'd make jokes, be like, what are you talking about? I'm fine. Like he brain tumor. He'd be like, it's all in my head. Right. Joking around. And, uh, just wanted to make sure like we were at ease. Uh, but he would always say, you're stronger than you think you are stronger than you think you are. Um, took me out to breakfast one morning and was like, this is going to be tough. It might feel like more than you can handle or overwhelming, but you need to remember that there's nothing coming your way that, uh, you can't manage or you can't handle, um, you know, so just take it day by day and understand that you're the type of person that figures it out, you know? Um, and I could, I mean, I have so many stories. I don't know. I don't know, uh, uh, how many you want me to dive into, but yeah, he was, he was just a, a wealth of, of knowledge and just a brilliant guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a massive loss, but at the same time, you keep his memory alive through your content. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like how much is, uh, how much is, is, is related to, to what I talk about and what I do now, you know, like it really was part of the uh, foundation for me growing up. There was a, I'll, I'll tell you another one. This was, um, this is kind of funny. I was, uh, younger and, uh, there was this guy in the neighborhood that, you know, when we were playing baseball in the street or whatever, this old guy would just give us hell. He just was, uh, not a nice dude. And so as, as, you know, kids tend to do like we would at night, we'd like ring his doorbell and run away or whatever. And he lived on top of this hill. And so one night we're doing our thing. We're like, all right, we got to go. We call them GI. We're like, let's go ring GI's doorbell and run away. You know, got all hyped up. And, uh, you know, someone goes up, I forget who rings a doorbell and, uh, he was ready and caught the kid. We all scattered and, uh, called the cops. And it was, you know, when you're, when you're a young dude and the, the cops are involved, it feels like the end of the world, you know, like that was a big deal. And so the next day, um, you know, the cop comes to my house, uh, you know, tells my parents, you know, your, your, your son's out harassing the neighborhood, harassing the neighbors. Uh, so she sends me out to mow the lawn. And a few hours later, I see my grandfather's car pull in and I'm like, Oh no. You know, like, why are you involved in this? And, uh, you know, he steps out of the car and pulls me over and he goes, what happened? And I'm like, well, uh, you know, we were ringing this guy's doorbell and we ran away. And he's like, why? And I'm like, well, he wasn't, you know, very, very nice to us. And it felt like, you know, the right thing to do. We wanted to, you know, get back at him. And uh, he goes, do you know who operates at night? And I said, no. And he said, cowards. And I was like, okay. And he says, are you a coward? I said, no, I'm not a coward. And uh, I'll never forget it. He says, uh, you know, you take care of your problems in the daylight, right? You live with that conviction where if things don't, uh, you have a problem with something, you need to change something. You don't sneak around in the shadows. You step out, you confront it, you face it and you fix it. And uh, I just thought that was such an incredible moment. It felt like... Um, you know, it felt like a win 
uh, for him to say that and say, you know, you just learned an important lesson and there's value there when everything else, like, you know, like I said, at the time, it felt like my world was collapsing. I was in trouble and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and that's just an example of, of, uh, how he would, you know, in, in, in a bad situation, find something not only positive, but incredibly valuable, life-changing. Um, yeah. So clearly, uh, played a role in my life for sure. So having impacted, I would say millions of people all over the world at this point, has that come at a cost for you personally, the work you do, the time you put into the energy? Yeah. Um, well, it's been my life. I mean, I've been married to it. It's it's just what I do when I get up until I go to bed and it excites me, it energizes me. But yeah, I mean, when you put all your eggs in one basket, there are other, you know, I, I don't, there, there have been times where I'd let my health sort of subside. I've been a lot better about that. Um, you know, the, the social side of things sometimes takes a hit. Uh, but it's, it's, it's the right move. It's the right sacrifice. You know, in, in my opinion, as, as, as Jordan Peterson famously says, choose your sacrifice, you know? And, uh, I just, I just feel like it's such an opportunity and it's such a beautiful thing, uh, that it's where I want to spend my time. So, mm -hmm. yeah, but I, I definitely, you know, look back and, and think like, you know, you can't be everywhere. You can't do everything. So you have to uh, let go of some things in order to focus on, on others, you know. And how have your values changed from when you when you began this journey to the point you're at right now? You've been doing this for over 10 years or pretty close to it anyway. I don't know that my values have changed as much as from a... There was a shift in my mind about a year and a half ago, right? Where... I, I, how do I put this? So like artistically, I didn't want to lose what I felt was a pivotal piece of what I did. Um, in terms of like how I packaged, how I released certain things, the names of the videos, right? Dancing before the music plays, running in the rain, very artsy, what I felt were just beautiful uh, titles. It was a very specific uh, style to it. And so I came to a point where it was like, look, you're going to play to win or not, right? And so there are certain shifts that I made, not to the integrity of what I'm writing, that never changed, but in terms of like the brand and, and, and how I perceived the marketing and the output. And it's like, you want to, the more people you get this to, the more people you can help the more successful this whole thing is, right? So there was a big shift there where I felt like, all right, enough is enough. It's time to play to win. And, and when I started to do that, I mean, the the exponential curve, it didn't take long. It took like a month for to see like drastic impact. Um, so I would say like, if I'm looking back from day one to now, that's been the biggest transformation. And so, you know, part of me is like, why didn't you start thinking like that five years ago? You know, uh, but I think, I think that's the beauty of it. You know, we're, we're running our own race, we're doing our own thing. And I'm, 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 I'm happy about the journey and I'm happy, you know, that things are unfolding the way they are. And, uh, it, it's cool to see, you know, um, so many people being reached on YouTube and the podcast and these platforms. Like it's really, um, it's just a beautiful thing that the messages I get in, in, um, the emails, it's, it's why I do it. Yeah. Well, the messages that you send out there are quite beautiful and quite impactful. So Thanks, it's a, it's a, it's a fair return on the, on, on your investment. And just going back to the topic of inspiration, what, how do you find your inspiration 
to write that content because it is so inspiring from the viewers or the or the listeners perspective yeah i find it in so many places man i find it so um when i'm feeling things like i write them down in evernote you know when things happen um which is it's it's fun because you don't miss a lot you know when you have this sort of uh whatever experience you're like oh i'm gonna write that down i don't know what it means but it means something right so that's that's certainly a big part of it um sometimes i'll read something i'll read a quote and i'm like that's incredible and then i'll i'll you know give the quote and then kind of talk about what that means and how i think we can utilize that uh sometimes it's just music sometimes it's it's finding background music that i think is incredible and just letting it play on repeat and seeing uh you know, what, what message that sort of, uh, you know, brings about. So there's a lot of different ways, but I think at the end of the day, it comes down to, uh, to being aware in these mm-hmm. messages that come in and out of your head, whether they're yours and people you're talking to or, or you're with, or, um, you know, the books, movies, music, podcasts, all that stuff, and just sort of giving your take uh, on it. How much weight would you give to this being a gift or a talent versus the work ethic and the effort you put into it because I don't believe that anyone could just do that, take a quote and create an incredibly inspirational piece of content around it. I think it is a gift you have. So how much weight personally do you give talent versus effort? It's a really good question. Uh, I I, I, I want to say 50-50. Like I, I definitely found the right place. And that's what I mean when I say like wandering is so important because if I didn't, I don't know that it would have ended up here, you know? So like when I look at like, what's, what's an example, like being a math professor, um, you know, if I dedicated my life to that, I could be good at that. I could be better than average, but I'm not like math doesn't come easy to me. Right. So I would never probably never be the best mathematician alive. Right. Whereas writing and speaking, it's just in my bones. And so uh, understanding that and then, you know, that light bulb moment and then not only that, doing it every day for 10 years, that's where the sweet spot is. So I do think it is sort of a combination of both. It's it's finding something that um, you love in, in you know, you're, you're good at and then going all in on that, right? Getting the reps. And it's it's also true that when we do have a natural proclivity to something, like when there is natural talent, um, we are more excited about it and more invested in it. And we do tend to enjoy those things more than things that just that aren't a fit, you know, the square peg round hole type stuff. So yeah, long, long mm-hmm. story short, definitely both. Definitely took a while to get there, um, but it's it's uh, my strength and, and uh, yeah. Is that... Is that how it's always been for you, even as a as a kid? Were you very creative? I was, yeah, I was. I love that stuff. It was when I was a kid. It was like songwriting and stuff. Um, you know, playing in bands with my buddies down the street, and uh, you know, and it's it's you can you can in a way you know draw a line from uh, the story being told in a three and a half four minute song to you know some of these speeches where it's like, um, you know, you're expressing an idea. And then you're you're diving into uh, why it's valuable and what that means, what you can do about it. You know, it's a, it's like a one, two, three type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just evolved from there. But you you did need to leave the corporate world and and to cultivate this new space in your life in order to create something new. 
Yeah. I just felt like a fish out of water, you know? I mean, it was like, um, I'd been doing it for a while. I had a studio that I was slowly building up and like making music, but it's just, it was like finding a reason to jump. It was terrifying to me because I don't, I think a lot of people find themselves in this situation. It's like up until that point in my life, it was always like, not what do I want to do? What are the possibilities? Uh, how do you see your ideal life? It was like, no, what, what do I have to do? Like what's expected of me to do? And it was get good grades in high school to go to a good college, uh, you know, to, to get a good job. And again, these are first world problems, right? But we're very lucky in that we have this opportunity to utilize what's around us and thrive and add value to people in a way that's meaningful to us. Um, I just had to understand that I could it was like mentally, you know, break those chains and and, and move on. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, once I did that, it was, it was a tough period because I I didn't have too much of a safety net built. It was just like jump. I mean, it really was. And so you could look at it two ways. You could see it like, well, good. Your back's to the wall. You have to succeed now somehow, which is certainly how I looked at it. Um, but also, when when people ask me. I'm hesitant sometimes to be like, you know, just cut the cord, just go. Because while, yeah, it'll make you, it'll, it'll, you'll pull things out of yourself. You didn't know were in there. Um, But also pragmatically, if you can prepare for that transition, um, mentally, it'll be a better place, you Mm -hmm. know? So the, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. That's not a process you can go through in your own though, is it? I mean, did you have, someone to guide you through that process? Not really. I mean, I'm very lucky in that my my immediate family was was very supportive. I mean, you know, I always joke like, you know, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Like, this is so exciting. Here we go. And then two weeks later, you're a dude sitting in his boxers on Final Cut Pro, like <laughs> worried about money coming in, right? And so, uh, you know, but I had a, a circle around me saying, you know, Eddie, there's something here. Like there's something to this video. This is beautiful. This is going to help people. This is good. And uh, I don't know without that, like what I would have thought or what I would have done, but that was definitely uh, an important thing for me. You know, uh, it is, it's, it's, it's terrifying not having that safety net. It really is. Um, but you have to realize like a lot of our fears, most of them don't come to fruition and the ones that do, the times we 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 make the wrong step, it's like it's reversible. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, a, I think it was four hour work. It definitely was four hour work week. Tim Ferriss talked about, um, like just the simple pros versus cons list. If you're looking at doing something, creating something, starting something, and you write the pros versus the cons, like the pros, you you write that list and it's invigorating, it's life changing. If everything goes right, my God, think about what that means. Now, when you write um, filling in what can go wrong, there are definitely some things. But again, what there can't be backtracked or changed or remedied, you know. So it's not a cliche that the biggest obstacle is you know the story we tell ourselves. It's like you mm-hmm. just gotta you know a lot of it's just jumping into the pool, uh, and you'll acclimate. I speak to a lot of men in this podcast. I speak to a lot of men in general, and it's something that many of them do lack or do suffer is absent parents or especially absent fathers in their life or the support or the love of their family. So 
yeah that's and and of course you're you're the byproduct of of the love and the support that they've they've offered you and you've been in, and as i said they've propelled your growth perhaps and within that family support network who would you have who would have been your biggest influence or your biggest inspiration to keep driving forward probably my i mean the same folks you know my my immediate family um and i think you know to that point like two it's like two things are true at once like you mentioned people struggling without that support um i think and i do believe networking is huge and like i would advocate reaching out um sending dms to people that are sort of in your in your world sort of building that i think networking can be a fluffy term and a lot of the times it's just people handing business cards to each other and pitching each other but i'm talking like true support like some of my best friends now um zero exaggeration they're folks that sent me an email and like you know like one of them uh lawyer from ohio sent me an email like six years ago and it's like love your stuff uh i'm looking for an accountability partner to get up at 5 30 want to send each other messages just a motivational quote and i'm like sure let's do it and like grew with the guy right amazing dude so like there has to be that type of effort because it does when you feel like you're part of something mentally it's incredibly valuable but you have to seek it out you have to seek it out it, it rarely comes to you you mm-hmm. know so there's that and then the other side of that uh which is just the 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 um you know, inevitable truth is that all of us sitting here trying to create our ideal worlds, uh, it is a, you know, dance before you hear the music type thing, right? People don't come up to you and say, hey, everything you want is going to come to fruition. Or, hey, I saw how hard you're working for three months. You know, it's getting close. It's like, no. And it, it feels crazy and it feels overwhelming and it feels, it just feels bad, right? But you have to understand that it truly is part of the process. And everyone we look at and everyone we celebrate, the media we consume, the books we read, they were brought about by people who at one point looked in the mirror and said, Am I crazy? Like, I, you know, I, I don't have anything to show for my output, but it's that continuing to move forward. Um, if you can do that, uh, I think it's it's one of the most powerful things, one of the best gifts you can give yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as much as you've been supported by your family and your own journey, you've also been incredibly strongly influenced by people outside of your family as well, which has all, all together has enhanced your growth and progress here. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Um, different folks and, you know, mentors I know and mentors I don't podcasts I consume, um, yeah books i read you know you know how that goes a yeah, lot of stuff of coming in i think yeah uh, i think one of your i think it was one of your pieces of content where you spoke about instead of watching tv for three hours go and send an email to mm. a, a potential prospect or a potential client and so it is a matter of again it just sort of ties back to what you're speaking about there in terms of networking and getting yourself into those sort of circles so uh 100 and you gotta understand too when you're doing it uh especially if um you know, you're trying to climb the ladder a little bit and reach out to people that are pretty established in what they're doing. Like, you know, expect 98 out of 100 not to respond, right? That's not a personal thing. It's nothing to do with you or what you're doing or, or your potential. It's just life, life in the big city, right? But you're, you're, you know, the the two that do uh, can be incredibly valuable, can can change your life, you know? So that's, mm-hmm. it's sort of, it's a, life is a numbers game. And, and again, so much of this uh, comes to understanding that and depersonalizing it. Yeah. You know, it's it's par for the course. Brilliant, man. Well, I think that's a great place to end this 
conversation. I just want to take this opportunity to thank you, Eddie, for being there for me <laughs> on the Malone's to yourself. As I said, going through a difficult period in my own life a few years ago, and I somehow stumbled across you on Spotify, and I was incredibly inspired uh, by your messages. And again, your voice propelled my growth and my progress here. So thank you. And uh, yes, yeah, as much as, uh, as, as means the world, brother, yeah, means the yeah. world. Thank well, you for I really appreciate it. Yeah, and as much as it helped me, I know that your message is going to help so many other people out there too. So where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm uh, Eddie Pinero on YouTube um, and Instagram. And then my podcast is uh, Your World Within. That's that's yeah. what my YouTube channel is too, Your World Within. But I think Eddie Pinero is the, the actual name on it. So Nice one, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you, man. And I will add all those links below. And uh, yes, this has been uh, an honor, a privilege, and incredibly inspiring. Thank you for your insights and your wisdom, Eddie, as always. And keep doing what you're doing because it's extremely impactful. Thank you. Likewise, brother. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Warrior Podcast. If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight, information, and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.